Welcome to Fronteras, a program that explores issues at the border and beyond through the lens of arts, culture, and history. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. What day is this? It's February 2nd, Groundhog Day. The Pennsylvania Dutch tradition of Groundhog Day was far removed from the 19th century Southwest, as is the native habitat of the groundhog. February 2nd, however, is still a significant date to the modern-day borderland. It was the day when another rodent of sorts, Mexican President Antonio López de Santa Ana, ceded more than half of Mexico's northern territories to the United States. Land that includes modern-day Texas, California, Nevada, Utah, New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, and even Oklahoma, Kansas, and Wyoming. Mexicans who lived in those lands on February 1, 1848, became Mexican-American on February 2nd, when the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo officially ended the Mexican-American War. That's the day the border crossed us, as the saying goes. A San Antonio community-based organization and gallery has been commemorating the Segundo de Febrero for the last 47 years. Today, we're talking to the longtime executive director of the Centro Cultural Aslan, Malena González Cid, and with the lead artist of this year's exhibit, Mauro Murillo. The theme for this year's exhibit is Seguimos, translated as We Go On or We're Still Here. It's a tribute to the ethnic Mexicans who chose to become Mexican-Americans 176 years ago and to the immigrants who still contribute their culture to the U.S. today. González Cid says the beginnings of the Segundo de Febrero exhibit and the gallery itself are traced to figures who were key to launching the Chicano movement in San Antonio and across Texas. Centro Cultural Aslan was actually formed, believe it or not, by Mario Compian, if you all know who Mario yes. Compian is. Yes. Mario Compian signed the Articles of Incorporation. So he was the first founding father of Centro Cultural Aslan. Mario Compian ran for governor of the state of Texas under the Raza, Raza Unida, Unida Party. Mm-hmm. His closest friends and colleagues, which is Carlos Gonzalez, Ricardo Jasso, and Ramon Vasquez Sanchez, thought about this program specifically to introduce Centro as it was being established in 1977. This was their breakout program to introduce themselves to the community, to introduce an agency that would dedicate the promotion the development, particularly to Chicano Latino art and culture. So when they took the Segundo de Febrero as a subject to introduce Centro, it was because they wanted to highlight the duality part of a new citizenry that was created by the war between the United States and Mexico and the loss of its territories. And while it's a very sad moment in our history, the guys wanted to spin it into a positive. And they focused mostly on Article 7 of the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, which states that all those now residing in the new territory would become automatic American citizens. 
that reality became the truth for some, but when it was rectified later on through the Senate, then it became a broken treaty because then Article 7 was not adhered to or respected and neither was Article 10, which meant that you were able to keep your land and we know that that didn't happen. I know that that didn't happen in my family because I'm a direct descendant of Mexican land grants in Hidalgo County and in Nacogdoches, Texas. So they wanted to highlight the duality of who we are, uh, embracing that we are Mexicanos, that we are Chicanos, but the, we also embrace the American in us because we're now living in a new country. But we're also wanting for everyone to remember that this is our ancestral land and that I guess it was to, mostly to promote the positive energy that we wanted to create as, as a new raza, as a new entity. And most, mostly in our duality of switching back and forth between being an American and being a Mexican. And this is a long-running series that you have, the Segundo de Febrero Absolutely. exhibit. Over almost 50 years now you have going yeah, on. Yeah, 47 years. Um, and it's a way for the artistic community to be able to grapple with the issues that we're still dealing with today. Nothing is really, I mean, it's almost like nothing has changed. So I think it's a forum and it's a platform where artists feel safe, that they can express, you know, what the definition of that or what that duality means to them. Does it make me feel in my own country, in my own land, an outsider? I like to remind everyone that we're still here Seguimos aquí, which is the title that Mauro gave to the exhibit. And that we continue to contribute to the growth and expansion of this country. And we're very proud of our communities. And by creating programs like this, activities, cultural activities that we can share with the rest of our community is a way to empower them and it's a way for them to feel comfortable it's a way of feeling comfortable in your own skin with anybody else making you feel otherwise. Well, Mauro, I know that you incorporate a lot of historical figures, a lot of history into your work. I'm curious if, you know, when the first time maybe that you heard of El Segundo de Febrero, because the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, it's probably something that you see indexed in a history book. Segundo mm -hmm. de Febrero is probably even less known. So I'm curious as to when you were made aware of really the significance of that particular treaty, that particular date, and, and how you've managed to work all that into your artwork for this exhibit. Well, for me, because I am uh, originally from Coahuila, Mexico, like uh, Manero was saying, uh, I wanted to create something positive, a positive message. So yeah, we, we all have uh, different uh, voices that we want to say. But yeah, like, like I said, overall, I wanted to, to say something positive and have a contemporary to traditional artwork for Segundo de Febrero. For example, there's a painting I, I specifically made for this exhibition, excuse me. His name is um, Juan uh, Nepomuceno Cortinas. I describe him kind of like a Pancho Villa, 
because uh, he did own land uh, in Texas and, and what used to be Mexico. So I want to also remember this uh, heroes that fought for uh, justice and um, celebrate um, our culture. When were you made aware of Segundo de Febrero or the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo? You said you're, you know, you're usually from Coahuila. You know, even those of us who have lived in this region, whether mm-hmm. on the border or, you know, just in South Texas or West Texas, where this culture is so so rich, um, there's still a lot that we don't know. So mm-hmm. you, I'm, I'm curious as to what that discovery is like for you and how that informs your art. Well, I uh, always knew about Segundo de Febrero, but until uh, Malena reached out to me to do this exhibition, then I started doing more research and finding out, reading the, the articles and knowing how people lost a lot of land. The laws weren't being respected. So when uh, Malena reached out to me, I started doing my research and started learning more about Segundo de Febrero. Everything for me is a learning experience, so uh, I continue to keep learning, keep absorbing. So how do you incorporate that history, not just specifically for this show, but you know, a lot of your works, like you mentioned, that one figure who you portray in, in, in one of the artworks here. Um, tell us about some of the other works in which you incorporate that history and how you do it and in what manner. Well, the work I do, I paint a lot of iconic figures of the Mexican Revolution and the Golden Age of Cinema to uh, promote and celebrate our culture. I've been told uh, my my work it's uh, very uh, political because of figures like Pancho Villa, Emiliano Zapata. However, I don't consider myself a political person. Uh, well, I think it's more the interpretation, right? It's mm-hmm. all up to who's viewing mm-hmm. it, who's mm-hmm. on the other Correct. side of that canvas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just not just the artist's interpretation, but but also the viewer. I I really just want to create art, and if it speaks to the viewer in a certain way, that's great. Mauro Murillo is the lead artist of the Segundo de Febrero exhibit at San Antonio's Centro Cultural Aztlan. He's a native of Coahuila, Mexico, and lives in San Antonio. We're also talking to the executive director of Centro, Malena Gonzalez-C. When we come back, we'll hear more from Murillo and Gonzalez Cid and get a preview of the exhibit. For this painting, I want it to mean like something good is coming. Like the darkness, it's, it's going away and the light's coming back, right? Our conversation continues next on Fronteras. Welcome back to Fronteras. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. The founding fathers of San Antonio's Centro Cultural Aztlán were founding director Carlos González, San Antonio indigenous artist and historian Ramón Sánchez y Vázquez, and Chicano activist Mario Compián, co-founder of the La Raza Unida Party. Their mission was to create programs that promote Chicano pride and empowerment. These activities and exhibits include honoring the Virgen de Guadalupe, Día de los Muertos, and the Segundo de Febrero, the day in 1848 that Mexico ceded more than half its territories to the U.S. The current executive director of Centro Cultural Aztlán, Malena González Cid, says these three exhibits have been hallmark programs of the exhibit space since 1977. El Día de los Muertos, 
Centro Cultural Aztlán was the first organization to present or to reintroduce, I would say, a centuries old tradition, but to bring it into a gallery setting. Ramon Vasquez y Sanchez, that was the arts program director then, uh, decided to go out into the community and just speak to people that he knew that created their own little altarcitos and there were home altars and were kept up all year round. But he also knew that family photographs, all of the dearly departed that had left this world was represented on those altarcitos. So he asked them whether they would feel comfortable bringing out their altares into a community, into a public setting, and they did. And so, like always, when you engage the artistic and the creative community, they pretty much take it and run with it and organically takes a life of its own. And again, you know, it's about their own expression, I believe. It's about the yearning and, and the need to have, say, spaces where they can create and they can promote their work or they can be able to make a living with it. The subject matter for them, I think, is the most important thing, which is to uplift figures and narratives in our community that are represented by us. You know, otherwise nobody else would. So you take family life, everyday life. We see art every day in our everyday life. From some artists created these shoes I'm wearing, some artists created this vest that I'm wearing. The Comunidad Mexicana, that's how we celebrate art all the time. Art is everywhere, we live it and we breathe it. But Segundo de Febrero to me is so unique in itself because the guys wanted to make Centro's founding fathers and I like to call them the guys because <laughs> you know I knew them all but they wanted to make sure that they were different. If you go to Mexico or someone with the proper Spanish of La Academia Real de España <laughs> would tell you that you do not say Segundo de Febrero. Es el día 2 de Febrero. So that was deliberate. I want to tell you right now <laughs> that Ramon Vasquez and Carlos Gonzalez said, no, we need to make it deliberate. I know they're going to get angry at us because we're saying Segundo de Febrero, but you know what? We're Chicanos, and we're creating a new word to showcase our Chicanismo. So we're going to call it Segundo de Febrero, not El Día 2 de Febrero, but Segundo de Febrero. And what we're not talking about here is that San Antonio really was almost at the center of it, if not the center of the Chicano movement here in Texas. So oh, many movements grew out of here. Absolutely, absolutely. Besides uh, Mario Compian founding Centro, the Lulek Councils at the time during the Chicano movement, the Lulek Councils were the ones that were trying to find more equity in education and schooling work for our gente, higher education, you know, making sure that our kids were also having access to the best education that they could, housing, all the issues that we need and still need to have a vibrant community. And that's why Centro is so important because while we create art, we also take on local issues, issues that are affecting our families and our children. And I think that the best way sometimes to get that attention is through, through art and the creativity and the narratives that the artists create. 
Malena González Cid is the executive director of Centro Cultural Aztlán in San Antonio. Centro is currently hosting the Segundo de Febrero exhibit. It explores themes of migration, adaptation, coexistence, and the duality of Mexican-American identity in the time since the signing of the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. The treaty signed on February 2, 1848, ceded more than half of Mexico's territory to the U.S., it redrew Mexico's boundaries with the U.S., and it created a new generation of Mexican-Americans. The lead artist of the exhibit is Mauro Murillo. He titled the exhibit Seguimos, loosely translated as We Go On or We're Still Here. He was able to give us a brief preview of some of the pieces in the exhibit before it opened February 2nd. I'm going to talk about this one here. So you're unrolling a canvas. So this one here, it's one of my uh, recent paintings. I call this one uh, um, Canción de un Coyote. It's uh, about a, a personal, my personal journey as, a, uh, as an immigrant. It's a large canvas that he unrolls on the floor. An indigenous man wearing a traditional Mexican poncho stands with his arms raised as if he's giving a blessing. He's glancing down. In the background is a dark reddish sky. An eclipse is waning over his left shoulder. To his right is text written in reverse. In the foreground are another pair of arms that appear to be raised in prayer. A set of bare, detached legs also stand on the left side of the canvas. To the right are three sets of eyes, descending on the canvas from eyes wide open to eyes shut in contemplation. A coyote on the lower right side of the painting wanders through the desert. In the center of the canvas is a guitar ringed in a blue swirl. So you see a figure here kind of doing a... a uh, With his arms a raised. And there's a eclipse that's going away. Meaning uh, for this painting, I want it to mean like something good is coming. Like the darkness, it's, it's going away and the light's coming back, right? So I wrote a song backwards here uh, <laughs> because um, uh, I got inspired by an artist called uh, Rick Barto. He's a native artist. And th there was uh, this painting that I saw in uh, Colorado called the uh, Crow Dance. So there was a, an image of, of a person kind of doing the, like a, a dance and he had like feet on the side and, and re really, really cool painting. And also uh, Leonardo da Vinci, the, the Vitruvian yes. man. Da Vinci, in his uh, notebooks, he wrote backwards. So I wanted to incorporate that. I wrote a song backwards on, on the painting. So if you, you hold up a mirror to it, you'd be able to read it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> if, if uh, you can understand my writing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the coyote represents the same figure, and the cactuses represent the the things we go through, the difficulties, and this path here is, uh, is the path of the coyote towards his goals. And um, I want to incorporate the guitar on this painting because uh, I'm also, uh, I like playing the, the guitar. It's just a, a very personal piece. We come across a stump of wood that I was going to pass, until Murillo bent down to show me what's inside. It's a roof, but if you see down here, there's like a, 
just cool things. Pieces that... of plastic, perhaps? Inside the natural hollow of the stump are glittery, transparent, crystal-like cubes. Murillo shines his cell phone light inside the stump. Yeah, I think you're supposed to be um, using the phone. Oh. And... Yeah. It reminds me of a geode, a dull rock that cracks open to reveal glimmering crystals. They are uh, representing the immigrants that they're hiding. Murillo and Malena Gonzalez see then unbox a small metal rectangular container and open it. It looks like a little a little toolbox or yeah. a little utility box just chock yeah, full it's, of it's, crayons. Yeah, it's an, an ammo box. Um, the crayons, uh, if you look kind of like from far away, it says amor. Oh, yeah, I can see oh, it. Oh, oh, I see that. Instead of ammo, it's A-M-M-O-R. It's an installation called Amor by Uvalde-based artist Abel Ortiz. So this one's representing the, it's a tribute to the victims of Bravo Elementary in Uvalde. Other works in the exhibit include a metal installation by Rio Grande Valley artist Ricardo Zamora of figures made of twisted wire attempting to scale the border wall, a wooden American flag whose stripes reflect the various shades of Latinidad, a painting of the Lincoln Memorial with the head of luchador Mil Mascaras in the place of Abe Lincoln's head, and of a two-paneled mural that directly addresses the aftermath of the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. It features busy imagery of indigenous peoples, a small figure riding a donkey reaching up to pull off a clan-like figure from his elephant, a not-so-subtle political jab, and a large figure overseeing it all, reaching for a dream catcher. The Segundo de Febrero exhibit Seguimos remains on display through February 29th at the Centro Cultural Aztlán in San Antonio. See some of the art on exhibit at tpr.org. Thanks for joining us today for Fronteras. Fronteras is produced by Norma Martinez and Maria Navarro. Our executive producer is Dan Katz. Our editor is Fernando Ortiz Jr. Charanga Cakewalk composed our theme music. Hear past episodes at tpr.org and on the Fronteras podcast. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio.